This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Special Miss Burnham. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And to make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Yes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. To another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffman. It is a pleasure, as always, to be in your ears and in your hearts. And uh, last week's episode was a lot of fun. Our friend Aaron, who Skyped in from good old, uh, where the hell she is, Old Blighty, yes. the British Isles. Uh, but this year, this year, <laughs> this year, this week, we have a great new guest, my new best friend. I just met him five and a half minutes ago, but he's got a notepad out. And um, uh, uh, a pen that clearly you got for free. Well, clearly. Is that a free... Where? How did you get that pen? At a bar, I would imagine. You got it. It says bullet bourbon on it. So, uh, <laughs> But it's early. We're not drinking bullet bourbon. I'm drinking coffee. My guest today is a fellow by the name of John Madden. And John Madden, you are not the sports telecaster. Is he alive still? He's yes. alive. He's okay. alive. Yes. At Nor- There's also a John Madden who's a filmmaker. Yes. He Shakespeare did- in Love. That was him, yeah. Yes. Did- yes. There's a hockey player, too. With a oh, lot that's of John right. Madden. There is, yeah. Are they all spelled the same way? I think so. Yes, yeah. Shakespeare in Love was John Madden. He did also um, the, the, the Cider House Rules, right? I don't know. Maybe about, not. But maybe same, not. But same same sphere genre, of type of yes. movie. Yeah, you yes. know, kind of. But I'm the real John Madden. Yeah, I don't F know those what, other no whatever, guys. Yeah, that you know, sports guy. No relation. The, I have no tickets. No free video games. Um, <laughs> you get that a lot. I with just your name, myself. Right? Oh yeah, the yeah. airports TSA agents always ask it's, when they look at my license. They like, say, oh. Who you like in the in the right, right. in the Atlantic uh, Conference? They want my predictions. They want tickets. They want free video games. And do they think it's you? Oh, they or they think I'm you know his son, his son nephew yeah. that I have some because kind of pull. The uh, the John Madden of sports broadcasting. He's got to be eighty five years old, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're a mere 83. I will, t- I will take that. I will take that any day. Any day and, and two times on Sunday. That's fine. John Madden is here not to talk about sports or Miramax films. He's here to talk about the work he does in AI, which stands for alien, no, uh, alternate, no, artificial intelligence. There we go. Artificial intelligence is a big deal mm-hmm. for Star Trek fans. Uh, you know, uh, if you came on to Star Trek as I did, kind of, uh, you know, I've discussed it on this podcast a million times, the one-two punch of discovering, uh, of watching Star Trek four in theaters, which did not have too much AI in it, although the teaching scene actually is is 
probably truer to real AI than anything else. Well, you could get get into a discussion about V'ger, whether that was AI right, or right. Well, that's going form of AI. Sure, sure. But I mean, in Star Trek IV at the beginning, when Spock is relearning his mind, yes. Was oh, it uh, correct? Correct. How, how do you feel? <laughs> how do you feel? Right. Yeah. 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 So that's um, uh, that's awesome. That is exactly. Uh, that's probably very close to the type of work you do. Actually, is that type of AI as opposed to data? Right. The character. Yeah. I mean, you know, on Star Trek, it's there's quite a spectrum of of AI technology. Um, yeah. Data and probably the Doctor from Voyager being at the sort of the far end. Sure. In terms of kind of real learning, right. self aware. Well, that's conscious. The th- that's AI. the thing about. Um, about the doctor is like he's fine as the emh but then when they're trapped and harry kim is like i'm gonna give it a subroutine so it can teach itself (laughs) (laughs) and then now he's like strolling around the ship solving falling in love you know solving every problem he had a nervous breakdown remember that one episode where you know and they had to shut him off and wipe his memory because he couldn't remember and and he he wrote opera also yes he wrote opera he sang so we hope the project you're working on so uh so john you work for a company called ipsoft right and this is not a commercial for ipsoft but right uh, ipsoft has been around for a 20 years. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you've been working <clears throat> in this field for close to that. I mean, you, you, right. 17 years, you That's said? right. Right. Um, and IPsoft ha- does a number of things, but their sort of flagship property, if I can call her that, mm-hmm. is Amelia. That's right. And Amelia, I don't know too much. I don't know much more than what I'm, Amelia is, is data, right? Amelia is in the future. A, a forerunner of, of <laughs> data, certainly. Um, you have created, you personally, you and your massive multi multinational the, the, corporation. The brilliant people I work with. The we brilliant work people with the best in the, best have, in the Has created a product called Amelia. Mm-hmm. And it's not um, known by the man. Like, I never heard of Amelia before. I met you via mm-hmm. the person who introduced us, mm-hmm. which is, um, but I've heard of other things like it. But what I've since learned is that Amelia actually is in a lot of key places already, right? And is miles ahead of other famous AIs that are just better known because of. Well, you'll tell me why they're better known, but like you know, was it Watson? Right, that's a famous Watson one from from IBM, right? And you know, this Siri and Alexa, Siri, Alexa, and right. they all get lumped together. Very but, commonly, but Amelia's been around just as long, or if not longer. Yes, she's been. She has history, and and Amelia is actually better than some of these. Well, others. I would I would certainly say so. We I like to think we have the most advanced, what we call most human AI platform on the market. Okay, um, so you tell me a little bit about <clears throat> about Amelia and how you work with her, and then I'll tell you why you're about to ruin the world and the robots are going to take over. We're not building Skynet, everybody. <laughs> we're not building Skynet. That's the first, you know, I tell people what I do for a living, they're like, oh, great, you're building Skynet. And, right. But uh, no, we're not anywhere We're not anywhere near Skynet. Amelia is, she's a, what we like to call a cognitive AI platform. She's not a chatbot. You know, it, you've had experience with chatbots where, you know, you, oh, you're on a website. Oh, do you want to chat? And generally speaking, what you're, you're not actually talking to a human. You're just talking to a piece of programming that's very bi-directional, you know, one question in, one answer out. It can only answer certain things. Right. You're having trouble buying tickets for something. It's right. not working. Right. Would you like to chat? I can't, uh, you know, uh, my credit card isn't going through. Did you check 
the uh, did you use the right expiration date or something well, like or, that? Or maybe not even that. They'll just they'll just ask you to enter it again because oh, see yeah. what Amelia does. She has a couple things over the other. Uh, hey, uh, the, the other the other folks in the market um, one is that she's she's got you know they designed her really to emulate the human brain in all of its uh, aspects so she can learn on her own um, she can talk like a human and understand what you're saying what I mean by that is she can understand utterances and phrases and um, she's very she has conversational intelligence she has contextual awareness so she can she can switch conversations very easily um for you know for example if you were to um and she's in use at, at banks and insurance companies all over the world if you were to um engage with amelia and say something like um oh you know i i was at my brother's wedding last night she might actually prompt you and say oh so you you have a problem with your credit card or you lost your credit card she might actually have the awareness she to, might know that if you're out right. doing certain things what are the problems that can exactly that can emanate from that exactly so it's really wow. what elevates her is her, her ability to learn on her own to um, have that uh, awareness of context the ability to converse in a way that's not you know you don't have to enter a certain phrase or um, a certain um, word for her to recognize what you're trying to do or what you're trying to accomplish. Wow! So, so, you, so it's it's it can. I don't want to say read your thoughts, but it can anticipate your needs based on cultural que- or cues in general. Right. She's got she's got a, advanced analytics capabilities. She has emotional capabilities. You know, she well, reads sentiments. Emo- what do you mean emotional? What I mean is that she's if you're engaging with her, if you've lost your credit card, that's obviously an upsetting yeah, experience. Sure. And you know, you're you're in a, you know you're and you're interacting with her, she'll say things like, don't worry, I'll make sure that your, you know, any fraudulent charges um, are, are flagged. And yeah. um, sh- in other words, she'll, she'll recognize that this is an upsetting experience for you. And so she'll, she'll try to reassure you that it's gonna be okay. Does or that, that work? She'll, Do people calm down when they hear a robot say? She's not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> when they hear an artificial intelligence, when they hear Data being received. <laughs> that voice, that's not what she sounds like. No, right? she does not sound like that. <laughs> okay, but so, but they, but but it's better than just getting some kind of. When you do hear something like that, when you hear something like working, that, back, that yeah, working. That, when you hear that, as opposed to okay, all right, acknowledged. I mean, that's not going to do it for you. That's not going to make yeah. you feel like she understands what you're. I think you might be feeling. right. I think. I think. Well, I think you might be right. You're a zillion dollar corporation. I think you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> but, um, I. You know, my experience with, uh, you know, what, what's what's sort of the, the probably the phrase you guys hate when you call, um, what is, Brian, what is it called when you call a bank or whatever and it's not a person, you say... Fo- um, automated? Automated teller? Or? Yeah, automated. Or no, there's even like a more regressive term like... Uh, like an interactive voice system. Yeah, so like, ah, I can't even get a person. I'm talking to, um, you know, uh, phone service or whatever it is. Trying to think of what my dad would call it, you know, it's, it's not even a person; it's a robocall or whatever. Um, when uh, when they are a little bit like, okay, we got it, or like, all right, great job, you mm-hmm. know, you, that even though you know that it's not a person telling right. you great job, right, it still clicks something in your brain, right, right, right. It does, but uh, you know, that also only gets you so far, right? I mean, if you're on the phone talking right. to a robot agent, and this robot's not able to help you. Right. get the job done they have to transfer you to a, a human an actual yeah. live person to talk to now amelia can do that but unlike other systems she records and remembers everything 
that already happened. You know, if you had to enter personal information or credit card information, so that by the time the human gets it, have you ever had an experience where you go through that robot and you get yeah. the human agent, and you have to start all over again and say, "Yes, yes, yes, oh, my name is this, etc." With yeah. Amelia, she she's smart enough to pass all that on to. So by the, the human time, agent work together. Yeah, we, the, the we time, say she collaborates with them. That's awesome. <laughs> by the time you get to the person, they're like, "Oh yeah, a date of I got your date of birth. Yep. Um, uh, oh, you're, you know, it's a lot of times the medical stuff. Oh, your yeah. prescription is. Right. Uh, oh, it's out, but the insurance didn't say it was okay. All yeah. right, let me. Oh yeah, we got that. But here's the great thing: Amelia's yeah. still in the background listening in because she no. wants to. She well, she wants to <laughs> listening in. All right, everybody, calm down. No, she she monitors the conversation so that if the same issue comes up with another caller. She can learn from she it. She can learn from it and not have to elevate it to a human right, so, so Amelia is um, uh, the the third parties that use her, uh, the, or the vendors, or whatever you guys call it internally. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say they're banks, insurance agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you use it for video game stuff too. I read. Mm-hmm. So they're all independent and all over the world. So different right. languages and everything. Mm-hmm. Is it all eventually cycling into one central brain? Or is it is it is it like siphoned off? Like, let's say there's a video game client in Sweden because I know you have a lot of Norwegian stuff going. I've, yep. I've seen Amelia, by the way. She looks very Nordic. She's yeah. very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> she. So let's say there's a video game company in Sweden and they're handling all their internal stuff and questions from clients and whatnot. Is their stuff and the uh, insurance company that you use in California, are they connected in any way? They're not they're not connected physically networked if they no. that, you know, we don't there's no there's no central, you know Th- there's no central brain or hub back okay. at our headquarters that is collecting all this information for nefarious purposes. Uh, well, I, don't mean nef- I don't mean nefarious. <laughs> I mean for the good. I mean No, but but what happens is we learn from you can learn from every engagement. Sure. I mean just like, you know, we you know, we talked about Skynet and I have this conversation all the time. Artificial intelligence, just like every technology, it's not inherently good or bad. It's right. what people do with it. Don't think about Skynet. Think about like foundation or something. Right. You know? right. Think right. about the good of knowledge. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but what we we definitely learn from different client en- engagements and pick up best practices because, you know, Amelia, just like any other uh, technology, needs to be programmed to a certain extent, and you have to upload certain information into her to get to get her started in in uh, working for a client. So. If we learn that people who deal with insurance um, on certain functions, whether it's, I don't know, mortgage applications, whether they're using certain phrases or we can, you know, we can train her um, so that she gets better when she goes to another insurance company and starts working for them. So, so it's very, it's very, it's all very iterative. It's very um, best practice. Right. Well, so I mentioned uh, foundation a minute ago. Let's talk about the other Asimov, the iRobot, and they had the three laws, right? Mm-hmm. You can't harm a human. And what. Mm-hmm. Are there laws of AI that you shouldn't... I mean, the obvious one would be, um, you know, uh, let's say you're incorporating AI into a uh, medical insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So you, if, if, the, that, if, you, if that person knows you're right. taking medicine A... Sure. But that's private information that maybe you don't want out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. I would imagine that one sacrosanct, sacrosanct uh, law would be "thou shalt not tell other." Right. Right. Uh, so uh, that would be that would be the biggie. I mean, Amelia has to operate just like any other employee in a, right. in a company. But is there are there like written codes? And the question is, since there are more, I mean, Amelia clearly is the best. But are all the AIs agreeing on these laws yet, or is it still too new? 
Well, there's there's laws, kind of you know philosophically, how should you know wh- how far should AI go? But right. there's real laws and real regulations that um, every company has to adhere to. So, for example, in your medical yeah. example, there are HIPAA laws and other things that prevent um, exchange of certain medical records and, and medical information. Right. Amelia is trained on those, and so she knows what she can what she can you know offer or what she can share and what she can't or you know in insurance there are licensed agents and non-licensed agents right so if if you're dealing you know uh, um, a non-licensed agent can actually work with Amelia and Amelia can tell that agent what they're allowed to do and what they can do depending uh-huh. on regulation so but it's so- Amelia's job to learn and do better and try to be helpful right but it's also that's her prime directive mm-hmm. so when Amelia comes across something that any logical person would know, oh, here's where I should bend the rules and just let this happen. I mean, that's part of life. People go like, all right, I'm not supposed to do this, but it'll just make life easier if I do. Mm-hmm. Does Amelia know to do that? She more than likely would, if if she gets a question or an issue that she's just, she just doesn't, she doesn't know the, the proper or the exact way to go. Um, that's when she'll call in her human colleagues who, ah, because I mean, you know, okay. Amelia is amazing uh, technology and it's amazing platform, um, but it's technology and a platform. You know, our, our CEO, um, Chayton Dewey, says all the time, you know, he, the thing that humans have over AI is our ability to be creative and, 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 and inspire people um, and that kind, of, that kind of human awareness that... Um, uh, as you said, allows to, you know, you're saying like, you know, if you fudge it here or bend the rules here, that's not something that Amelia um, has w- the ability to do. Well, not, she can't assess. She can, she can, she can certainly assess and get it as far as, as she's been, as far as she's learned to do and as far as she's been um, trained to do. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you know, we, we say that, you know, there's all the talk about AI taking over people's jobs and, yeah. and you know, we're going to wipe out whole industries and, and I don't see it that way. We don't see it that way. It's always about AI collaborating with, you know, I always say AI is not here to work, you know, without or against us. It's here to work, you know, with and for us yeah. um, and collaborate with us. So it's not, it's not an either or kind of proposition. All right. I buy it. I mean, you know, we'll know when we get there, but I think, I think, uh, we're already, there. we're already there. Oh my God! In some cases, we're already there. I mean, let's let's be clear. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as thirty minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have forty-seven new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Engage. Engage. The official Star Trek podcast. Energize. So how, having worked in this field for 17 years um, and being a big Star Trek fan, are, are there part, uh, parts of Amelia or AI in general that you think were in just like blatantly inspired by Star Trek or sci-fi in general? Well, I mean, you know, Star Trek's had a big impact on the tech field overall. Everything from, you know, communicators looking like phones to, to um, you know, I don't think it's, is it an accident that, you know, Amelia, Siri, Alexa, 
They're all assistants with female voices like the Enterprise Working. computer. Thank you very much. Data being um, received. So, you know, I think, I think that Star Trek has absolutely had an influence on certainly how we, uh, how we view AI. And I think it's starting to work its way into the practical applications and how AI is actually being built. I mean, you know, the whole theme of, you know, technology versus people and, you know, when does the technology overtake humanity? And that's, that's pretty classic Star Trek themes. And yeah. those themes are kind of continuing now as we get into this greater discussion around AI. I mean, think, of, you know, all the way back to, you know, the M5, right? The ultimate computer, mm-hmm. right? And, and if you look at that episode, it was ahead of its time in a lot of ways, not just because it's Star Trek, right. um, but because of some of the, the themes and the issues that, you know, when did that come out? 1968? I think that was season two. Yeah, so that would right. be 68. Yeah. yeah. And so decades later, we're still having these discussions. I mean, you know, the M5 comes aboard. What's the first thing they do? Well, they get rid of pretty much all the crew. And keep right. skele- <laughs> uh, oh, AI is taking over jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, Spock's kind of enamored with it at first, right? And Kirk's all, very, you know, very disdainful. Like, Yeah, he's... Uh, Skeptical, yeah. Spock is fascinated. Scotty's right. like, oh, boy, yeah. Scotty's you know. like, well, Scotty's like, oh, it's you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then Kirk's like, oh, well, the M five did that. Well, you know, Sulu and Chekhov could have done that with their eyes closed. And I think Daystrom, there's a line in there where he's like, yeah, but the point is they didn't have to, right? right and then, right, if, right. and then in classic Star Trek fashion, when Star Trek shows like kind of pure AI, yeah, it's always evil. I mean, it's just it, or something goes wrong, and it's just it, it, and you know, it's going funny. to that tech. You know, the people are better than tech. Yeah, theme. which is sort of a cla- you know, a classic going back to the first story about robots the the check play from the 30s or whatever right but um when it shows pure ai but but also it shows ai incorporate especially next gen yeah ai is incorporated seamlessly into daily life you know well i mean just the computer you know computer where where is commander Riker? commander Riker is on deck three you know yeah, but or, or even like the replicator and all this, like an anticipated the replicator, what you need. the holodecks. I mean, yeah. you know, there's certainly some AI. Yeah, as next generation kind of brought that forward. But in some ways, the computer it does act like what I would consider a real cognitive thinking AI. And then sometimes it's just it's like the most expensive chatbot in Federation history because <laughs> all it, all it do, it's one put in, one input in, one input out. Like you know, locate Commander Riker. Oh, yeah. Commander Riker's on the bridge. You know, that's not. Th- there's no. And they can, it's just, you know, they track everybody by their communicator. There's no real intelligence there. It's just like you ask wow. for a piece of information, I'm giving you a piece of information. So back. you're unimpressed no, me, with the TNT. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, you know, and then some of the more fantastical technology is, is, is yeah. even better. But um, no, I, I, don't get me wrong. There is, there's clearly some, you know, AI is pretty infused throughout Star Trek. And the computer is an amazing thing. And the holodeck, you know, you can say, you know, create, you know, I want to be on a desert island somewhere. Sure. I mean, so there's definitely AI elements in there. But then other times, it's what I would just sort of consider what it, it's just more kind of basic computer uh, uh, ability. Right. Where it's like, what give me your, information. What is your favorite um, example of the use of AI on uh, Star Trek? Well, I, I mentioned M5 that, or Ultimate Computer, yeah. but one of my favorites is actually Dreadnought from Voyager oh. with Balana, and yeah. she there was that missile that um, they it, and, it, and it's interesting because she actually programmed it to go against um, for people who don't remember the episode. Can you can you set it up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it, um, they they find this Cardassian missile in the Delta Quadrant that somehow got brought there, and yeah. Balana had originally programmed it. Um, it, it, it's basically, you know, missile with an AI. Right. Um, 
And she had programmed it to go against um, Cardassian targets when she was a member of the Maquis. Um, so they find it, and it's somehow this AI is, has gotten to the Delta Quadrant, and it's focused on this one planet, which has not, you know, they think it, the missile thinks it's a Cardassian target, and it's just some innocent planet. So she beams aboard and has all these conversations with herself in her own voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to convince it, like, no, you're you're in the Delta Quadrant. That's not a Cardassian target. Um, and so there's all she has all these really interesting conversations almost with herself yeah yeah uh, which uh, is a, which is a you know becomes then a metaphorical thing right but right that's the creative aspect of it the technical aspect of it though is what you've been dealing with right, right exactly and she's trying to she's basically trying to teach it and learn it like no you know kind of check the math you're not you, this isn't you're not where you're supposed to be and you're not uh, you, you're not accomplishing your mission and she and she thinks that she tricks you know that the computer gets it and it shuts down then it turns on again and you know it, yeah. it goes but you know again Star Trek sometimes is just for all the use of AI technology throughout this, the different series sometimes they just flat out come out and say AI is evil but, but it's not AI is evil it's that you know again the technology is not good or evil it's, it's what lawful, people it's chaotic neutral or whatever right, right. It <laughs> it's how you know she programmed it to do a very destructive thing yeah. and she's trying to correct that even the m5 went crazy because daystrom programmed it and he was crazy so right right so um you know it's and then of course there's the the classic of uh people always think it's spock who does this but it's kirk who does it and then it was later done of course in the movie dark star where they use logic on a computer so that it blows itself up. Right. right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you, you get somebody that has that wouldn't happen with your product with Amelia, right? If you gave it a paradox, what would it do? Does it does it blow up like on Star well, Trek? Well, it, do, it doesn't blow up. More than likely, it would reach. Come out of it, it, no, it, <laughs> she's and more than likely, she would she would go to her human colleagues and ask what should she she calls a lifeline do but she she uses her lifeline so it's got all these thoughts and when it circles and it can't come up with the answer call said let me let me let me call uh, marv let me (laughs) marv get on the phone uh you know talking about this deep cut trek i just want to introduce real quick um because brian uh is going to yell at me later if i don't remember to do this because you sound like a fan, right? And I know yeah. you're you mean hardcore Star Trek fan. Something you should know about is a project called the Eagle Moss Official Star Trek Starships Collection, which is a sponsor of this show. And if you have a, this is a fairly clean desk that we're at today. If this was your desk and you wanted to have really great, um, authentic looking, not too big, not too small, die cast models of the Star Trek ships. This is where you would go. And these are models that are formulated in a special, uh, cast in a specially formulated metallic resin, hand painted with reference to the actual CG models used in production and where they exist photos from the original studio models. And it's not just the Enterprise or Voyager. We're talking deep cut, you know. Uh, you know, probably from the episode Dreadnought. They've got ships in there. They've got everything. It goes miles, miles deep. It's a um, subscription service. It's twice monthly delivered directly to your door. And if you start collecting now, uh, you get the Enterprise D for only four ninety five with free shipping. With each ship comes a, um, a dossier, beautifully printed, glossy magazine of each ship. So Cardassian ships... Vulcan ships. Very nice. Uh, the Talaxian garbage scow that Neelix uh, flew in. So um, 
do you fly in space or do you pro- propel? Uh, yeah, I guess I, fly, right? You, they say you, flew? You fly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You fly. So um, anyway, if you want to check this out, you may want to give it a try. It's st-starships.com slash engage. ST hyphen or ST dash, if you swing that way. ST hyphen starships.com slash engage. Uh, you can get check out the Eagle Moss Star Trek Starships collection. Um, I've got a few of them. I don't have them all. Do they have the Defiant? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I mean, for yeah, sure. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's that's one of the first ones you get, actually. Um, I would imagine, because that's, that's, uh, that's, you know, they have, um, you know, Series A, Series mm-hmm. B, you know. Mm-hmm. That's definitely in the top drawer, but um, and it goes into the new the new films, um, you know Star Trek Beyond, um, and and beyond. So you know as as the series continues, it's going to keep on going. So that's what's going on with our friends at Eagle Moss. So tell me a little bit about your life, John Madden. You are a hardcore Star Trek fan. You know your stuff. How did you end up in this field? I mean, was that part of it? Was it loving sci-fi and wanting to get involved in? Computer stuff and high tech stuff. And I think I think that might have been that might have been some of it, but I don't think I started out that way. I'm, I'm quite I'm kind of a walking example of how you know going back to how people thinking AI is going to take jobs. <laughs> uh, the re, I mean the reality is that you know technology has several waves of industrialization where you know some careers um, go away, but new opportunities. Um, come up because I started out as a journalist. I, I, I graduated from uh, BU Boston University, and I was a newspaper reporter for about. Um, well, I was a newspaper reporter for about ten years. Oh wow! Um, really, in and around Boston. What um, was your beat? From, I, I, it was really kind of local, you know, local politics, some state politics. I covered cops, courts, fires at four in the morning. Cool. Did some cool things, you know. I covered nuclear power for a while because I was in a town. I, I my first job out of out of school was at a, a paper in Brunswick, Maine, and I covered um, uh, the Maine Yankee nuclear power plant in Wiscasset, which wow. is now closed. But so I got to learn all about you know the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. So you got to do cool when, things. When like they that. found a glowing yellow lobster, mm. they knew that Maine had a problem. Yeah. With <laughs> you know, yes. Three clawed lobster. <laughs> well, or, you know, when you're producing waste with a radioactive half-life of, you know, half a million years, maybe you ought to just be Is careful with that stuff. Is that what was going stuff. on? Yeah, well, it goes on everywhere. But anyway, it was, they were trying to figure out a way at the time what to do with their, with their low-level nuclear waste, and it was a big issue. So I got to learn all about Oof. the ins and outs of I the NRC. I heard that the, and the plant in uh, Japan that had that meltdown in, I want to say, like 2015, 2014, mm. of the Fukushima, I think mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. They still haven't cooled down those, uh, yeah. Like the what are they called? The rods? Yeah, the the control rods. The They're still rods. like a zillion degrees. Like mm. if you touch them, your hand would melt. Yeah, I don't, you would you wouldn't be able. Yeah, basically. And there's just nothing they can do. Like it's not just like put them in ice. There's really it's, nothing. You can it's do. really the only you know what what most people do. You know what most uh, plants end up doing is sending it away to like you know a mountain in Colorado or something and just burying it deeper than the earth because there's really wow. nothing you can. And it just, just melts the earth. So. That? Like I don't know. Whatever. No, I, you can you can you can construct it in a way that there's no melting. Yeah. Um, so you can put it in pools of water actually because the water. Um, doesn't allow the nuclear reactions to. Amelia would have stopped the Fukushima uh, plant. You can't say that. You can't, as a representative of uh, Amelia, you can't say that. I would. She would have figured out a way to stop that mm. meltdown. Mm-hmm. So you were working as a reporter, and then you got involved in technical writing. Yeah, and, I, I. We should say your your job. Your your 
uh, you're basically Amelia's mouth. You're one of Amelia's one of, mouth. One of. I write about. I write about Amelia and AI for for a living. With, yeah. With a with a very talented team. Um, so, um, but, but, but you have to know a lot about coding and whatnot. See, this is what's fascinating to me is I look at a computer, I'm like, yeah, I know how to text my friend. Mm -hmm. Somebody's able to program this into creating a thinking brain, uh, you know, the Amelia's mind, which is able to predict behavior and thought. And Amelia will know when you're pissed off also, right? Mm, that's right. Like if you got a problem and you just can't get mm -hmm. the insurance to, to recognize that you live at 121 East 72nd Street and not 121 West 72nd mm -hmm. Street, uh, she'll know when you're in a pissy mood. How does Amelia react to the pissy mood? She'll, she'll use her, you know, kind of her, what we call her emotional intelligence to give you her phrases, <laughs> her emotion chip that, that clicks on. Yeah. No, it's actually always on. Yeah. Um, and she'll, she'll say things to you to, to try to calm you down or to say, you know, I'm really sorry about this. And just as if you were talking to a live person who may, you know, be um, trained to say certain things to a customer to um, calm bear with down, me, make sir. sure bear, bear with me, sir. Yeah, bear oh, with yeah. me. Um, you know, I'll get, I'm, I'll get that right away. Or, you know, she's, she's trained to, to, to act, yeah. to, to act like a human. We say she's most human AI for a reason. I sometimes will blow up at um, customer service and then feel tremendously guilty after, mm -hmm. right? Right. Like I'll blow, like, and I'll only blow my stack if it's like, it's been an hour trying to solve a simple problem. And right. Like you people are morons. And then I will yell at, cons at the person on the other end. And then... Then it'll pass, and I'll be like, I just yelled at like the person has nothing to do with. It. They, they right. don't work there. Right. I'm like, yeah. And I guess I'm sorry. It's not you. It's your boss. And then I say, please tell your boss that I said your company sucks. You know. <laughs> Brian knows how I can sometimes yell at the wrong person. Um, People have asked Amelia if she if she's married. <laughs> if she nope. has a boyfriend. But um, but what like I <laughs> what I wanted to ask is though, if Amelia is human like, right, in her responses. Mm -hmm. You can yell at her and not feel guilty. This is an you, ethical issue. You, this is practically Westworld now. Yeah. But <laughs> you could, you you could. So that's um, I think therapeutic to the populace because I sometimes when you try when you're dealing with customer service, and I know Amelia is not just customer service. We're going right, to get to that. But right. when you're dealing with customer service and mm -hmm. you get pissed off and right. you yell, you feel guilty later. Mm -hmm. If I yell at Amelia, I don't care. Amelia's she, not real. She won't take offense. See? She won't take offense. <laughs> you might have to, you know, check yourself as far as, you know, how many did you yell? Do you yell all the time at every customer service? No, no. I don't mean you. I think yeah. you have to sit there. Oh, if you do it all the time, then you've got an yeah. issue. If you yeah. do it once a year, it's totally fine. Right. And I think that's, uh, in fact, if you don't yell at customer service right. once a year, it's a problem. problem yes, exactly. With that. Exactly. But she won't take offense. It's no. great. No. Now, my, our, our friend of the show, uh, Annalie Newitz, who wrote the book uh, Autonomous, and who's a big defender of uh, AI uh, at, would tell me that I'm wrong, that I shouldn't yell at AI because AI is is just, you know, the the, the impulses of the human mind and AI are, are one and the same, that we are just input in, input out, or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, she's the, she's the type of person that says if you go to Westworld and you know, are violent to uh, the robots in Westworld, you're a bad person. But, but, but here's, here's the thing. Personally, I don't, th I don't think you should yell at Amelia or, or, or AI in general. Um, but if you do, she's not going to get, she's not going to get rattled. Like, yeah. you know, if you, well, Data him, doesn't care if you yell right, at him. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so what does that mean? She doesn't get rattled, which means that she gets the job done. 
she's just she's she's gonna she'll she'll listen to you she'll say i'm sorry we're gonna work on you know and she'll get the job done and not be rattled by having a a, you know somebody screaming at them on the other end of the phone or 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 or, you know swearing at them through a chat yeah um um, she's she's just going to do her job and she won't she won't take offense real real let's talk real politic here because westworld is a is a is an interesting show that i've got to catch up on i didn't finish season one and it's controversial because it, you know, men go to Westworld and they commit sex crimes against robots right. and, they, and they're violent toward robots. And the argument is that, and, and I, I'm not saying I agree with this, but the argument is that it's therapeutic to do this, to get these demons out of you and do it against, a, that's one of the arguments, mm-hmm. right? Of course, Westworld posits that these AI are becoming self-aware and it's right. immoral. Mm-hmm. On TNG... Everybody's pals with data, right? Let's mm-hmm. say there was da- uh, data in every workplace. If data was your coworker and you worked in an office with him and the door was closed, and if you shouted at data all day long and you got all your aggression out, all your work aggression out <laughs> on a data who didn't care, you'd be like, you stinking idiot, F you, always get, you always get it wrong. You just, you, just to shout at him and he didn't care, maybe this would be a great boon to our society. <laughs> maybe this means... Brian's looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, I don't know. Do you, no, I don't think so. I mean, it'd be like this way you would go into a meeting and like you'd love all your real coworkers because you could get it all out on your stupid data, even though he would be right. You know, he would get it right. You'd still yell at him. It might it might feel good. But one, <laughs> but one of the, you know, one of the great things about data and the character was that, you know, he was more human than he he knew, or, of course, or and certainly yeah. as people, t- you know, as they got to know him over time, they didn't look at him that way, you know. No, 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 absolutely so, not. But, but you're right, you know. As far as you know, data as as therapy, uh, you know, maybe that's a cottage industry right. we'll get into one day. But um, what was interesting, the thing about the episode Measure of a Man, where the villain always recalls data it, mm-hmm. and then eventually calls him he. You've been referring to Amelia as she this whole time. Amelia is not it; it's she. It's it's. Amelia is she yes I mean there's that's her persona that's who she is and having worked at IPsoft for for a while now I that's I don't think of her as an it or as a tech I think of her as as she that's a little weird right it's uh, I I think people better get used to it because (laughs) I think I think you'll all you know I think we'll all be referring to her um in that way and thinking about her that way eventually because you know i interact with siri once in a while and Mm -hmm. i don't like siri does not have a personality to me um but amelia is miles ahead and are there times in the office where you can kind of predict how uh amelia will respond or like can you say to a coworker, oh that's so amelia (laughs) you know like oh you sound like amelia right now you know that's just like so typical of her (laughs) Well, I think that we don't, you know, we don't sit around critiquing her. Or no, I saying, mean in a positive way. Like when you, like maybe some of her speech patterns incorporate into yours. It'd be like, oh, you sound, you know, that's such a typical Amelia thing to say what you just said. Well, right she's, now. and she's, she's very concise. So, ah, you know, okay. she'll say things like, you know, I'll, I'll file that PTO request for you and send you a calendar invite. And, you know. Yeah, maybe I maybe I'm, I I should check on my coworkers. Maybe I'm saying these really pithy phrases, you know, back at them, and and they're like, "Yeah, you yeah. kind of starting to talk like a dude." You yeah, know, you, you might want to think about that. So. so, what are some of her other? Um, we've been talking a lot about customer service. It's not just customer service. What are some of the other uh, aspects of her of of her um, applications? Well, I mean, she can she can handle you know kind of complex end to end processes as well in terms of IT support. We have a lot of clients who who use her to actually, instead of calling the help desk, she would be your first point of contact for 
any IT support issues. Um, and she would either queue that up for uh, the support team to handle or she would handle them on her own. She can do human resources, HR functions, like like I just said, filing PTO requests. Yeah. or Well, th- that's something definitely better than any human could do. Right. I have never met an HR administrator who could tie their own shoes, let alone deal with their day-to-day work. So... But she can do, you know, PTO and and no and, comments. Uh, <laughs> there, there, are, there are many good HR people. I've never world. met them. I have friends with them, but I've uh, never. I'd like to meet your. <laughs> but she can. But she can do those kind of processes. She can do. You know, she's she has what we call an integration hub. So she ties back into all the data and the business systems that she needs access to. So um, she can do administrative functions. She can do finance functions. She can do expense reports. Um, like if you file an expense report and it's only half finished, she can bring it up. She, do you want to finish this? Or do you want to file this? Um, That's she, awesome. She, Reminds she, you. Yeah. So, so you know, in addition to the customer, but doesn't uh, have but, to doesn't have to be told to be reminded. Like it, no, it smells. Just, it smells something that is incomplete and be yep, like, hey, dude, and, you gotta and, get on this. Right. Exactly. And she'll bring it up and she'll say, do you want to submit this or do yeah. you, you know. So she's very, again, that's her ability versus a chatbot, a simple low-level chatbot would never do that for you. It would never say like, hey, by the way, you got this in here. Do you need to take care of it? She has that kind of capability. Yeah. And if you engage with her for you know, time off, you tell her your, your name, she'll know automatically, well, you have 23 PTO days left. When do you want to start? She'll literally speak like that. And you don't have to say, you know, uh, Monday, March, what you know, whatever, twenty eighteen. She'll ju- you'll just say March, whatever, and she'll yeah. She'll okay. When do you want to? When do you want to end? And she'll say okay, it's it's filed, and I let your manager know, and I put it in your calendar. And how so. is AI getting better um, with the voice recognition issue? Because that's something like when I talk to like the, one of the reasons mm-hmm. I never use Siri is it never knows what the hell I'm saying. I mean. Yeah. Be like, what's a restaurant near me is like the most I can do with Siri. Beyond that, it's just she can't understand me, and I have a relatively clear voice. Yeah, so right. I th- it's getting how is how is yeah how it, is that hurdle being addressed it, in your it, field? It, it's getting it's getting better. I mean, just just sort of overall in terms of voice recognition, but also just in terms of how the voices sound, because that's you know the argument is that. Um, you know, the whole uncanny valley when we get to a point where the technology actually sounds, you know, when you talk to Siri or Alexa or even Amelia sometimes, it may not sound like you're talking to. Affirmative. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it still sounds a little bit like that. It still sounds a little mechanical, a little bit like that. Yeah. But it's, but it's getting better overall. Yeah. And the idea is that once we kind of cross that chasm, across that valley, that people will be more inclined to do even more functions and more things with 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 the voice with, with a voice yeah. with, with the voice. But I mean, on their end, their understanding of us. Right. I mean, that's well. I have to say, I think Amelia has the best understanding um, yeah. because she learns. You know, if you if you say "yeah" instead of "yes," mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it may seem like a small thing, but. Some chatbots they won't know what that means, sure. but Amelia will, you know, and they learn. have to understand. Or if you're like, I just filed, you know, your PTO request. Great. Now, if you say great and return, you know, a chatbot yeah. may be like, great, what? But she's she knows that that's an utterance that you're like, fantastic, it got done. So wow. these things are getting, yeah. they're you know, they're definitely getting better. Yeah. I happen to think Amelia is the best in the market at doing and it. And has to understand a pregnant pause also. Exactly. Yeah, which Siri does not know. Siri would just say, "I didn't get that." Yeah, Siri's a um, mess. So. <laughs> Alexa, I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know too much about her, but you know what's funny about Siri? Siri, Siri, <laughs> Siri. No, you can change the the, the voice right. to sound 
so you can make him sound you can make Siri sound like a British man like with a mm-hmm. upper class British accent right which my wife does so she calls Siri Sir E Sir E Sir E excellent because it's hello oh yes that'll be at 4 p.m thank you oh thank you sir e um it's cloudy weather today but we still never use it we we only use it if we're traveling and we're hungry for lunch what's around us that's the only time i use it is what restaurants are near me sir right but where is amelia she's filing my my pts report or she'd say i know you love you know sushi here's some she'd give the sushi places first very cool. That's the kind of thing. So what was it, you know, being a Star Trek fan as, yes. as you are, what were some of your aha moments working for this company when you're like, whoa, that's basically like as cool as Star Trek? I think, I mean, just getting to know the, get, getting to know her. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and realizing the extent of her capabilities because before I joined the company, I, I, I had heard of the company and heard of her um, and was aware of some of what she could do. Um, but, what I think what really gets me excited is just she can she can learn better than any platform I think in the market which is important because without learning there's no knowledge how does that work exactly like on Star Trek it's like We've built subroutines. That's all you say. But how does it? There are algorithms built by smarter people than me who could who could describe but, I mean, exactly I how mean, it happens. When, but when you say computers learn, I mean computers can only take what's inputted into them by the programmer. So it, you know, that much I get. Somebody's got to type it in, right, and right. give it the program. Somehow Siri, uh, Siri, sorry. Somehow Amelia has to know the information coming in. Some of it is just something to spit out or just to not care about. But sometimes there's information coming in that she has to recognize as mm-hmm. something worth right. retaining. Right. And How re- does it know to do that? It's just the way it's the way she's built. Like I said, they built her to emulate the human brain. So right. if someone says, you know, if, if someone says to you repeatedly, um, I like, you know, I like this, this restaurant down the corner or I go there all the time, you know, she recognizes those patterns. Yeah. Um, and she recognizes um, when you might be interested in going to that restaurant. And it's just the way she's programmed. I mean, there's, you know, there's kind of two things. One, like I said, she has to be tied in. None of this works without her being tied into data. She has to be integrated into um, and she has to be she has to be um, trained on different w- with all the knowledge that she needs to get the job done. Yeah. So it's kind of like basic, like just kind of going to school aspect of it. Right. And then over time with her analytic capabilities and the different algorithms, she can identify patterns, learn how you, you learn the best way to interact with you, learn your likes and dislikes. Um, it's just sort of the that's the kind of secret sauce of of what we of what we do. Very cool. So, so I see I see you've got a bunch of notes here. Was there some stuff that you wanted to bring up that uh that we didn't touch upon? No, I was just I was I was writing down all the episodes when I thought that <laughs> AI were <laughs> I'd written them down before just well, in terms off of the, off the dome or did you have to consult with uh No, this was off this was off the top. You know, what we're going to need is to is to uh, input data into uh, Amelia to understand Star Trek. <laughs> and then uh so what are some of your favorite AI things here that you've got? Well, I, 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 well I mentioned some already, but there was another one in Enterprise called Dead Stop. Remember when? Oh, yeah. I kind of love that episode. People hate that one, though. I kind of like it because... This um, is the one where they, they need to gas up, basically. Yeah, they, they need repairs. Season they, one, they're all they're all banged up. Yeah. And they go to a gas station they, in space. They, kind of, they find it. They don't know who owns it. They don't know what it is, but it offers to fix the ship. 
and um, then they don't realize they've entered a contract of what what exactly happened well you know it's it's repairing the ship but there are areas in the station they can't go right and then people start disappearing and kind of this the you know the the twist as screwed up as it is it, it, it's basically an ai type technology which steals people and hooks them up you know like coma like the old movie right, right so they're yeah. basically using human brains to make their own artificial intelligence right. smarter oh, like they they kidnap travis and they find travis quote-unquote dead but it's really not him you right. know they spit out yeah. some replicant to you know it's just a really kind of kind of quirky screwed up kind of take on ai yeah so, yeah yeah, um, yeah that was one, that was one that that i remember very clearly and then i was thinking something like you know the nth degree with barkley when he becomes super smart and sure he sure integrates some you know he kind of at the end there he's sort the of chair with lasers his, coming out of his yeah, head <laughs> yeah which looked really cool um um yeah, you know but it, and he started you know talking you know his voice comes out of the computer yeah and that's things, right so. but he's also a little bit like this yeah, listen yeah. to me yeah, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like everything's gonna be okay again you know yeah. star trek generally it, it always picks you know that humanity is going to is is superior to the technology yes um but I mean, when, it, when yeah. it depicts ai it usually depicts ai going crazy and again ai is not inherently good or bad it's just it's what people do with it and how it's what it's programmed to be right so right so that lesson comes through pretty clearly on you know star trek says it's humanity over technology but you know the technology can do amazing things and when it goes wrong it's usually humans who are responsible for it right right they've it's hubris they've used they've used it for nefarious reasons right right. you mentioned replicant a minute ago what did you think of the new blade runner oh no i didn't i did not i didn't didn't see i didn't see it Got to see it. I know it's long. It's like, it's two hours and forty nine minutes. Mm. Um, I, I almost don't want my memory of the original to be to be well. You know, tainted um, I get that. I get that because I do love the original. I liked the new one. It's beautiful to look at. Everybody's you know? yeah. They said it's gorgeous. Yeah, shot. if you have a good home theater, because it's now out of the theaters. But uh, people ask me why I didn't see it, and I think that's really it. Because I remember, uh, you know, I'm d- despite my youthful eighty three year old looks, <laughs> I do remember when it actually came out. Um, yeah. And so and that was it was one of, that was one of those you know other than Star Trek one of those sci-fi moments where it was like wow this is just it's incredibly so cool. cool. Yeah. Now I've seen the original Blade Runner in theaters uh a good print of it at a big big screen and it's it's still packs a punch. Yeah. Uh the new one's good and and the AI in, in it you know they've got a uh, home he's uh, he's got a domestic partner. Mhm. Who's uh, you know is a is a hologram mm. robot not robot AI gal mm-hmm. and there's um, a scene which is beautiful right she's played by um, oh I forget her name uh, Anna De Armas that's her yeah she's I believe from I want to say she's from Panama is that where she's from it's it, I think it is some South American yeah, country yeah she's from Panama or someplace anywho. She's the girlfriend, and she loves him, or at least is programmed to think she loves him. You know, who knows? And wants to have uh, physical intimacy with with him. I mean, Ryan Gosling, who wouldn't, right? So, but she can't because she's light. She's light beams, just really good light beams. So there's a scene where she hires a prostitute to come and like have the light envelop her and like it phases in and out and of course the prostitute i think it's it's um mackenzie what's her name is the mackenzie davis there you go okay yeah so the light who, who fa- is a replicant by the way that's i think that was an important distinction is she i don't yeah. remember mm-hmm. well it doesn't i mean but she's at least in the room i mean 
Right. Yeah. So there's different. Var- you know, she's a, you got a hologram and a replicant. So neither of them are real. Hmm. Right. But for, but replicants at least you can you can feel. You right. Know? As Ryan Gosling will in a moment. So um, she's so it's phasing out between the two of them, and it's like a threesome with a hologram and a replicant and Ryan Gosling. But but it sounds like I'm being like a you know, like a sleazy guy. It's a beautifully shot scene. It actually, it does look really cool, and yeah. it, it probably was very difficult to shoot as well. Yeah, you try doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very it's a very beautiful scene, uh, just in terms of the way the, the photography is, mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. But it's also like wheels within wheels of sex robots. So you know, um, why did I bring that up? Oh no, no, it's interesting. So, so Blade Runner, I, that new, the new movie incorporates AI because she, she, you know, that's the other thing. Is that people talk about AI is like when will they have human traits? You know, will they experience? You know. Anger, greed, lust, you know, mm-hmm. these are the negatives. Right. You know, uh, it's possible, right? I mean, if it just keeps going like this, because there are some who argue that all AI is is just responses to, to information and stimuli. Mm-hmm. And if some programmer, not your company, because right. you're ethical, but some other company starts to tinker with um Things where an AI can get angry or or yearn for things, mm-hmm. this could be problematic. It it. I'm getting back to it, the Skynet question. Could, I guess it could, yeah. it could be, but I mean, I I tend to think that that future, yeah, is is a ways off. Um, I don't think that it's something. Um, it 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 may get to that point. Um, I don't know if any of us will be around to actually see it by the time it actually happens. And I I tend to focus on, or I try to focus on, um, just the amazing, you know, kind of contributing to society, humanity, parts of the the equation, which is what, you know, what Amelia, what AI can do in healthcare in terms of diagnosing diseases and helping with surgeries and helping patients stay on meds and, and, or... Um, what they're able to do in terms of looking at um, drought patterns in certain countries and try to alleviate water issues. I mean, there's just there's a lot of different a- applications. Um, we always hear about the you know the doom and gloom, sure. dystopian. Yeah, because um, it's and, fun you know, to think. It's about. fun to th- it's fun to think <laughs> about. And you know, we you know, I like Terminator, and that's that's all groovy. But yeah. um, but the the fact is that it's actually people are there are some incredibly smart people around the world who are thinking about AI, not in terms of what it's going to do to us but what it can do for the planet right, do right. for society and humanity and that ultimately and we think that way too and I think that that's well, you that's know, what, the better way well to you know what would be funny would be somebody should do a fan film you mentioned Terminator somebody should do a Terminator fan film of like Skynet like working great <laughs> it's like uh, sixty years since are you a Skynet. Good Skynet or a bad Skynet? Yeah, no, like six. I'm like, oh, Skynet's been great. We've yeah, been, you know, right. that 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 project's been on the ground running for sixty years. Everything's swell. Look how it's integrated in the day to day. Right, my my refrigerator knows when to get my meal ready yeah. and everything. You know, yeah. you never see that. You guys should produce that. <laughs> you should produce parody uh, parodies of dystopian. Future movies, mm-hmm. but like where the AI is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Do your Blade Runner parody. Do your t- Terminator right, parody. Right, right. It's just like no, nah, you know, AI. Don't it's, be afraid. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> a million years, your friend. Um, oh, that's what you well, think. That's, that's what you think they'd say. Exactly. Well, you know, well, you know what, what's curious because in terms of the late, you know, in terms of Star Trek Discovery, and I've, yeah. I've, 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 I've 
listen to your podcast. So I've heard you talk about it. I know, no, and I know, I agree with you. I think they did very well yeah. first season. They haven't really dealt with a lot of AI or kind of tech versus humanity kind of Not issues yet. yet. No, it's been very um, much run and gun since, uh, yeah, no, in fact, their computer... It's yeah. You barely hear exactly. it. Exactly. That's it seems you just very... hear black alert. Yep. It's dead. No. Fascinating. Where is it? Hi, sir. Black alert. Yeah, yes. you just exactly. hear that. Black alert. And you don't really hear any more interactions than than no. Than that. And their their moral conundrums have come from following Captain Lorca, which we now know he was an evil Lorca, mm. so it didn't really. A no. great twist. A great. I twist. mean, I guess just sort of the the whole um, spore network stuff it is kind was, of a combination of yeah should you use the spore network? but that's an organic thing and the tech thing but not a um computer thing well not an you, AI thing. you could argue that the uh the, the tie-in book the prequel novel uh was, was kind of a little ai focused that's true yes you should read the prequel novel okay <laughs> desperate hours there is um a situation where there is a uh similar to dreadnought you know mm-hmm. like they program something to protect something mm-hmm. and it lay dormant for 10,000 years and then you know it woke up and now it's problems <laughs> i mean that was on tos also similar to dreadnought it was a third season it was the one oh heck i forget the name of the episode but it was this sexy woman in the purple outfit with like Oh, she would. Um, yeah, uh, that see, which that which survived. That's I think, exactly what it's called. That which survived. Yeah, season three. Lee Merriweather, and I remember that only because it people said yeah. people said my mother looked like Lee Merriweather really? when growing up. Wow. So that's a weird yeah. mental tick that I seem to recall. That was Lee Who Merriweather, was. and um, it's because not, my mother did. Yeah, she did look like, <laughs> she did look like her. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Same hair, that flip. You know, it's funny. Lee Merriweather was on Star Trek, and Yvonne Craig was on Star Trek, mm-hmm. and they both play Catwoman. Um, right? Didn't yeah, they? that's yeah. That, no. You're absolutely right. They both played Catwoman. No, 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 no. no, uh, no, no. One was Batgirl. Oh shit! You're oh, right. Crap. Oh. oh, I'm getting my. Well, Batman. We both got it. We both got it wrong. Well, Batman. It's the same show. It's the same yeah. show. I knew there was a Batman. No, Lee, Batman. Barry, Lee Merriweather played Catwoman, right? Right. Yeah. And then Yvonne uh, Craig was Batgirl. Batgirl, right? All right. I knew there was a Batman thing, but uh, yeah, that that episode where it's just and it's all season three, so it doesn't count. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, oh, season three is fine. Teach Amelia to make season three a little bit better. Will you? Can you get her to do back? Go back and do that. She can't turn back time. Not just yet. Has Amelia um, written her own jokes? Like she'll joke around once in a while, right? Yeah, like I said, some some people will ask her to marry them, or do you have? And she'll she can come back with some with some, some phrases. Things. Yeah, like, but these are programmed. They're yeah, they are programmed for the most yeah. So, so, so Amelia has a joke writer. <laughs> <laughs> she, I think she can. She'll get to a point. She you know she can write her own jokes. Yeah, but, you that's know, the but thing. But if she's out, you know, that's the thing. We may you know, as with anything, she'll be she'll. Be trained on with certain information, have access to certain information. But as she learns and improves over time, she'll learn the right response. If somebody says, "You know, oh, what are you marrying?" and she'll yeah. say, "No," she might start saying, "That's really not a great question," or right. "Of course not." Or, but eventually, she'll start to recognize when the person's kidding around, right? And initiate humor subroutine. Mm-hmm. You, you must love um, Interstellar, right? <laughs> When yeah. he's got the the irony marker, right? Bring it down to seventy percent. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so good. Uh, 
That movie is so good. Yeah. God, that movie is so good. And Tars is such a great character in Case. Just a, and the, just the 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 design, just yeah. the way it, you know the whole thing. The big is just slab. Really, yeah. It um, just can do all these things. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Incredible. But but yeah. Right. Well, because you know if you do um, if you ask Siri if she's friends with Alexa, as I've done, she can say she'll say something like, "I've heard of her, but we've never met." Hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. some. Schmageggy had to write that somewhere, you mm-hmm. know? Yes. Which right. is great. The first one when Siri came out was, uh, if you quoted 2001 at it, it would um, respond. Oh, that's sort of the mother of all AIs, right? It's Hal. Hal, yes. I mean, again. Um, yeah, evil. Evil. Or, or just or programmed progr- to be evil. Programmed we don't to be know. evil. We don't know, yeah. right? But, right. I mean, and that was, what year did that? 68 is when 68. It came out. See, the, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, the 68 was a big year yeah. in terms of <laughs> AI discussions roaming around, yeah. right? It, um, but with, with HAL, it was more, you know, again, amazing technology, enabled people to do many things, and then something turned. Um, yeah. Because whether it was just the universe or the programming, or um, and, and it became dangerous. Yeah. I'm of the belief. I mean, it's it's you know that movie is very much open to interpretation, but I believe right. that Hal was programmed to do something. I, I don't think Hal. I think well, I don't know. I think the movie wants you to think that Hal did something against his programming because the whole thing is about transcendence, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. maybe it's a funny to me. It's always been uh, funny to me that um, Siri or Alexa never hired the guy who played Hal. He's still alive. His name is Douglas Rain. Mm-hmm. And he's done tell he doesn't work much, but he did a, t- a TV commercial that aired on New Year's Eve 2000 into 2001, where he did the voice of Hal again. Um, and you're wondering why people they don't use it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I woke up, I can't do that. John. I mean, I, that's not gonna. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like if Siri had the voice of Hal, that would be cool. To a certain people. For how long? Right, exactly. <laughs> until, until you can't breathe in the cold <laughs> vacuum of space. You know, you know, hell, um, you know, uh, uh, book this flight for me. I can't do that. Right. <laughs> Why do you need to go there, John? That's you know? right. It would be how about only telling you you can't do things. Right. right? <laughs> that should be. Siri, when Siri can do it for you, she sounds like Siri. When it can't happen, it, it defaults to hell. <laughs> maybe, on, maybe on Halloween. Amelia can dress up as Hal. Well, listen, and she could do a different voice. Is it Alexa that's letting out spontaneous cackles? This well, week? I did, did hear I, about you know, this. this you guys must have loved this. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have Alexa, but apparently, uh, Alexa had some kind of glitch in her matrix and was laughing, just mm-hmm. random, yeah, just random, yeah. random, and not just laughing, almost kind of. Like ha 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 ha, like, <laughs> like just <laughs> like the wicked, you know. Witch. And people are saying, you know, it's yeah. it's stone cold silent in their house, and yeah. all of a sudden they just hear this laughter in the other room. Yeah, the Alexa the, thing so, is weird. I mean, yeah. but that's another thing where it, you never know when it's listening, and they can sniff to know things. I mean, it knows your credit card information. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's two things with that. Like, and Alexa knows your credit card information. Okay, fine. It's a closed system until a it's it could be hacked, mm-hmm. and if Alexa's hacked and your credit card's there, it could cause a problem mm-hmm. or if alexa goes bananas and decides to go skynet and take over the world but you're saying that second one we don't need to worry about i i not not yet not no, yet I but think, hackers well, I are a thing hack, but, i mean hack, hackers yeah. are clearly a thing yeah. and that you know and and 
um, Amelia is is secure. Sure, and she does I, all these things as securely. secure as anything. So as, yeah. Right, but I mean, certainly, you know. But again, it's not the technology doing it. It's right. people trying to use right. the technology to do some, you know, not so <laughs> great things. So yeah. Well, listen, John, this was a really fun conversation. Absolutely, <clears throat> I, you know, I got to say, your your Trek knowledge is dynamite, which means that those of us out there. <laughs> in the consumer space should feel I think really good about the fact that the people that are working on these projects which even though John says is not going to take over the world and destroy us they might but if they do they're still run by people who know Star Trek so that's the most important thing um, any last thoughts on if you know the common person would wants to know more about this project they can go to they want to interact with Amelia herself? I mean... Well, you can learn more about Amelia at... Uh, go to ipsoft.com slash Amelia, and you can learn all about her capabilities there, and you can yeah. you can watch her in action on, on different videos, and... Yeah, yeah. And, um, That's the cool stuff. Yeah, so... It, is Amelia can, an acronym of some sort? Amelia, nope, Amelia's a name. There's, there's no... It's not... You know, yeah. artificial something. No, that's, right. that's her name. Again, uh, I call her she. Right, right. Our, C, our CEO named her. Just be in the A first in the alphabet. Well, Amelia, you know, but also Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart you yeah. know, a, you know, she. Er, Amelia Earhart was a pioneer. We we think we know Amelia's pioneer in AI. So um, they share the they share the name. That's very cool. So, but, that's very cool. Okay, so go to ipsoft.com/slash/amelia. Yes. Check out videos. Um, learn more about this because it's it's in our world already even if you yourself haven't interacted with this type of thing um I mean and you, we you know we've probably interacted with it more than we realize I, I would say you know you've probably interacted with her and might not even know it yeah um yeah. because you know sometimes it might you know you may be using the platform um but it doesn't call itself Amelia. It might call itself something else. Right. Or if you look, if you ever, you know, use, when you use a chat bot or excuse me, a chat window, yeah. look for a little sign that says powered by Amelia. If you see that, that's us. And then you can feel secure. And then you can is, feel secure and that you're using the best in the business. I got to say, I've very rarely used chat bots because in She's boxes. She's a chat bot. <laughs> well, you know, you said the box. Yeah, the, the, the box. boxes. I've very rarely used that because I am prejudiced against them. It's just like, ah, I want to talk to a person. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm like, whatever this chat box is, they're not going to really be able to help me. But maybe they can. Well, give her a chance next time. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying. Like, you know, there have been times. It's usually like with the phone company or the when there's like a bill that is wrong is mm. when you need to use these people. Mm. I'm going to do it next time. I think time. you just want to yell at somebody. That's what. No, no. I, you know, I was joking <laughs> around before about yelling at data. I'm a very mild person. I would never do that. Brian, have you ever used a chat box when you've been dealing with a problem? Uh, yeah, I think for my cable company, I've used one before. Was um, it? Yes. They, they, if you use Time Water or Verizon? Verizon, yeah. Yeah, they do have... Um, was it a satisfactory uh, situation? Uh, yeah, I think I ultimately did get connected to a person because the problem wasn't able to be solved. But yeah, no, it, it, it got me there. It was better than you thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. All right, okay. This just been better than you think it's going to be. <laughs> All right, real quick. Favorite, favorite series? Deep Space Nine. Favorite episode? Um, the Visitor. Oh my God! Yeah, mm. that's a good one. Mm. Favorite character? Uh, it's a tie. Cisco and Kira. Cisco because he's Cisco. Wow. Kira because she's just. I'm talking awesome. all just Deep Space Nine or the whole. Oh, the whole, oh, thing? The whole series. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I stand by that. Uh, Major Kira has been a guest on this. Show. She's got a real name. The non-visitor has been a guest on this program. 
more than once. Is she great in she person? She is, is wonderful. I hope, oh, that's so great to hear. She, let me put it this way. I mean, I met her once the first time. Um, you know, we interacted. Very nice. And then I didn't see her again for eight months. Hmm. Knew my name. You know, and that's she meets great. a lot of people. That's great. You yeah. know, I didn't expect her to remember my name. I'm just some schmo with a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and have since met her a bunch of times. And in fact, one time bumped into her on the street and got the hug and everything. You know, oh, I didn't I, like, I thought, oh, that's great. I'm going to right. say hi. Yeah, I'll say hi. I'm like, hello. She's like, you know, it's a real mm-hmm. genuine person. Love the fans. Went to an event. She made baked cookies for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not met. Um, Cisco uh, Avery Brooks, he's sort of out of it now. Mm-hmm. I don't mean out of it, like he's just. I don't mean. I don't mean that he's out of. It. I mean he's yeah. moved himself from Star Trek fandom for the last. I'd say five years or so, give have, or take. Have you met Kate Mulgrew? I have. Uh, that was my, that's one of my only actually up close experiences yeah. with a with a Star Trek yeah. actor. She was. This was back in the late nineties. Um, I was working for a magazine called PC Week, which is now E Week. I was doing, I was reporting uh, on tech for them, uh-huh. and at, at the um, Star Trek experience at the at the Hilton oh, awesome. Las Vegas. Oh God! And she was she was doing a meet and greet, yeah, and um, and you know, long line waiting for her. And I just remember I I got up to her. I think it was must have been like season five or six or something, Voyager. Yeah, and I just remember I said you know just on behalf of the fans you know thank you for six seasons of great work and she gave me like this big smile and big yeah. hug and i have a picture somewhere in a box in my house i think of her and i kind yeah. of um so she was lovely in person yeah um, seven seasons though it, no, no this is before this, before the seventh season it was before the, it was <laughs> i think well it was must have been 98 99 yeah okay so like she was that. still in the so, mix yeah she was yeah. still yeah she was still in the mix yeah so. no she's she's dynamite i mean um i i, she, I haven't uh, spent as much time with her as I have with some of the others, but mm. every interaction I've had with her has been great, and she's very good on stage. We did a panel with her. Mm. Um, I would say most of the Star Trek alum are really, truly great people. I mean, and they get... Um, th- at some point, something clicks that they need to engage with the fans... At some point, something clicks that the fans are really there for them, and the fans are, by and large, good fans. You know, like good, mm-hmm. good people. I mean, I mean, look, some of it is like treat your fans well. Right. It's going to affect your bottom line in sure. a positive way. Sure. You treat your fans well, they're going to want your autograph. You treat your fans well, they're going to invite you back to another convention. That's mm-hmm. another paycheck. Yeah. But eventually, it starts being like, who needs to do this anymore? I think some of them really do come back to those conventions because they like going. You yeah. know, it's not just about the paycheck. Yeah. So I would say most of the Star Trek alum are are really great. I'm using the word most. Mm-hmm. I'm not using the word all. Did you, had you I'm ever not going to say who it does not fit into the all on with a live mic. Well, I regret I'll tell I, you later. I regret I never got yeah. to meet Leonard Nimoy because he's actually from Boston as well. Sure. He, he yeah. There, um, m- my interactions with Leonard were minimal but wonderful. You know, that's great to hear. I'm um, sure. My interactions. My interactions with Shatter have been great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of a problematic dude i mean he's he's of a certain age you know uh he says some things recently that are like you slap your forehead and be like ugh but um i've had nothing with great but great experiences with him excellent you know? um but no nana visitor is probably the the you know my favorite of the bunch her and terry farrell are, are 
my, my favorite yeah. bunch for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and a bunch of others, you know. Um, well, this has been the Jordan Hoffman talks about the Star Trek uh, characters that are nice to him hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so thanks uh, Thanks again to John. Are you on uh, Facebook? If anybody wants to follow your work, uh, Twitter? Or? Uh, well, follow IP Soft. There We're on go. LinkedIn um, and Twitter. Um, and it's, it's, so we can you can learn m- more about all the, the great things we're doing. So. It's at IPSoft. All one. It's at IPSoft. And then uh, take a look at our LinkedIn page. We always have a lot of great blog posts from um, a lot of great um, our people internally who who work in this every day and you yeah. know we 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 eat sleep and and breathe this every day so um that's should, awesome i yeah. mean we have a lot of listeners that are in the it field so i'm sure that um this conversation was of interest to them to the others who fell asleep i have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking i'm kidding uh no no i think everybody got a kick out of this so thanks again for coming and we will see you live long and prosper my friend thank you very much for having <laughs> me it's a blast thanks you got it This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.